0: Christ. Um, Because you guys know that we serve an incredible maker. We serve an incredible God. Like incredible doesn't even do it justice when describing just how good God is. Um, and, And just the existence of man is really complicated. There's a lot of like just complexities and intricacies that kind of have have led to sort of the situation that we're in now, right? The reason why we don't have lives that are just smooth sailing, the reason why we have lives that are non-problematic, right? But we see in the Bible, it makes it very clear that God uses all those things for our good and for our benefit, right? But what happens when you know that reality but you're in the middle of like deep trenches and you're in a position where it seems like God isn't present or God isn't hearing you or things aren't changing in your environment. And so you just become increasingly frustrated. Um, my prayer and the reminder for you all today is just continue to wait on oh, God um, because he is our ever-present help and need um, for the sake of time, I'm just going to have a sort of look over some of the scriptures that I've noted down, um, and we'll probably read one or two of them. There are three primary sort of um, stories that I, I just kind of Pulled out. I know there are probably hundreds in the Bible, but three very common ones, very popular ones that, that we know and understand and have probably read before. Uh, I just kind of wanted us to go through them uh, because they serve as reminders to us that like, it's not just something that we're saying and encouraging you guys to do. It's something that actually happened right? This historical proof, not just because of the Bible, not just because the Bible says it happened. Um, these are the sort of things that are, um, that can be documented in history as well. So the, the, one of the first sort of acts of like waiting on God or probably lack thereof is the story of Abraham and Sarah. Um, and for those of you guys who don't know, um, Abraham Um, was a man of faith. And um, he really is sort of the the pinnacle, like starting point of where God really began to do the work and prepare the groundwork for Jesus's coming. Um, And again, it starts with Abraham, really. Uh, And so if you turn your Bibles to Genesis 18 I just, this is, this is one of the ones that I want us to read because it is really powerful and it is like, I think we all kind of relate to Abraham and, and we all more so relate to Sarah. And I just want us to be able to look through like what happened there and what we can learn from that. So Genesis 18, one through five, if I could just have someone read that for us, or excuse me, one through 15, I'm sorry, Genesis 18, one through 15.
1: Genesis 18, 1 through 15, you said?
0: Yes, please. Thank you.
1: Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 through 15, says the three visitors. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed and then go on your way, now that you have come to your very servant. Very well, the answer. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three sillas of the finest flour and knead it it, and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and some milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where's your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, Am I, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, "Will I really have a child now that I am old. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid. So she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. Amen. 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 Um, So this kind
0: of just goes through the initial, like, I guess, storyline, um, of where that promise came from and what Sarah's um, initial reaction and response was. It's really funny because um, my mom recently like moved back to Virginia. We don't really know how long she's going to stay, but she likes that she gets to be very close with us. As you all know, I'm 26 years old and she's a Ghanaian parent. And so I'm starting to get those, just those remarks um, that uh, this is the prime time. I need to get married. I need, to have kids because um biologically speaking, um, you know, women like their prime childbearing years are between the ages of like, I don't know, twenty probably, and like um somewhere in their early thirties, but after that point A lot of doctors will tell you as a woman, like you may, you you may find it difficult to have children um, as you get older, because it has to do with the way our hormones sort of operate. Um, And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the situation that Sarah was in. She was old. She was just at a point in place where understandably she chuckled and she laughed at the idea of God um, promised them a child and of course that was something that they really wanted and like God heard that and God knew that but God also had a plan for that. Right. And that's what I want you guys to remember is like, God, God will give you certain desires. He'll give you certain, like some certain yearnings, right. It might have to do with like what you want to do in the future with your life. It may have to do with like, you know, a particular friend or a partner that you're interested in. Um, but there'll be certain things that you'll want. Right. Um, so if you're not sure about it, like obviously, you know, surrender it to God in prayer. But those desires, for the most part, come from God. And I I just want you guys to understand that if he's given that desire to you, he's also sort of um, provided provision or planned a way or created a way, a path to getting it. I'm not saying that that path is going to be particularly easy or just like accessible. Um, But there is there is a master plan that has already been set in stone so that you can achieve it. That's the first thing You, you can laugh at it. You can think, okay, this is really big, like my goals, my aspirations, my dreams. This particular thing that I want is really far fetched but it's somewhere within you. Right. Um, and I'm not talking about like, Oh, I want a Ferrari. I want a Maserati. Like, I mean like really like concrete things. Right. Um, and so, so God has already like put that provision out for you. Um, in other words, a way for you to get that. Um, but a lot of times when God does his things, it doesn't usually happen overnight. Uh, It doesn't usually happen overnight. It usually takes time, and that's because like within that process of waiting, there's a lot of character building, a lot of character refining, there's a lot of humility, there's a lot of patience, there's just a lot of things that go on that are going to be necessary for you to have, like characteristics and values that you're going to need in order to be able to successfully attain like what it is that you want and also to maintain what it is that you want, right? Because if we want something and we're able to get it so easily, right? We can lose it just as easily, right? The value or the worth of something a lot of times comes in just the hustle, That was required in order to get it. And so nobody understands this more than God. Um, It may not be like a physical hustle where you're having to toil for it daily, but it might just be sort of a, a waiting thing. Right. And waiting on the Lord is probably one of the most beautiful things that you can do because it forces you to become really in tune and very sensitive to God, very sensitive to his word, very sensitive to instructions. So for this purpose of time, we're not going to read the entire sort of narrative here on Abraham and Sarah. But we see here that there wasn't a lot of patience. Right. There wasn't a lot of faith, actually, to begin with. Um, And so, you know, Sarah and Abraham sort of decided to take matters into their own hands, and they had um, one of the servants get impregnated by Abraham, Um, you know, which really, I mean, it happened during those days, but that's not, that's not what God had told Abraham. That's not how he instructed Abraham to go about doing it. Um, And sometimes we take matters into our own hands, right? Instead of really just like sitting and waiting on God and praying it out and waiting it out. Um, we're like, no, we can figure it out. Like there's this sort of end goal. There's this like destination, this objective that we're trying to like get at, but but we don't want God to be involved in the process. We just want him to just kind of carry us there. Um, and so we're very selective about how we want God to be involved and how how obedient we want to be to him. And it's kind of like human nature, right? Um, because that's what, sort of the same sort of thing we have we saw happen with Adam and Eve. But in this case, Sarah and Abraham took matters into their own hands. Um and the servant became pregnant and God made it very clear like, look, that, that's not that's not what I intended for you all. Um and you know the story, you know, as you read on through the chapter, you'll see that um, it's really interesting how things play out, what ends up happening to um, the maid servant um, who got pregnant um, and her son, Ishmael, um, who is considered like sort of a father of the faith, um, besides Muhammad in the Islamic faith, um, and just everything that happened with Ishmael's lineage um, versus what happens when Sarah actually becomes pregnant And she actually gives birth to a son named Isaac, who then continues the descendancy and the legacy leading up to Jesus Christ, right? Um, Which really makes a difference when you really think about it, right? Is how, like, doing things one way caused a reaction that led to, like, a really, really major sort of conflicting faith with Christianity. That's the Islamic faith. And then doing things another way, in other words, doing things the right way, helped to bring out the fulfillment of this really huge plan that God had for humanity, like literally saving mankind came down to the decision for Abraham and Sarah to be obedient and to be patient on the Lord. Like, you know, it's like thinking about what would have happened if they were happy with Ishmael, they like took Ishmael. Um, From the maidservant. And they're like, God, we got it. We're good. We have the son that we've been waiting for. We have the son that you promised us. And they left it at that. Right. Because God is so meticulous about how he does things and he's a God of order. Jesus would not have come from that lineage. And so it, it begs the question, like, what would have happened with all humanity? Right. Um, So that's that's what I mean. I say it's like really important to wait on the Lord um, because he has a plan. He has a master plan. And that plan is bigger and greater than we could have even thought or imagined. Um, Another story in the Bible, we've kind of talked about this before I did a a teaching on the woman with the issue of blood. It's in Mark chapter 4. 21 to 34, and when you guys have time, you can go back and read it again. But another really remarkable story about somebody who had been dealing with something for 12 years, the Bible said she was bleeding. Um, And I just think that it's really important that we keep that in perspective because, um, you know, sometimes we get really impatient about our situation to be dealing with something for like a week or a month, couple of months. And, you know, we just, we find that to be the be all end all. Um, but this is somebody who dealt with something for a really, really long time. And we're not talking about 2021, where there's a lot of remedies that she could have utilized to, you know, either keep herself clean or to prevent just the um, what's the word? The inconvenience, right? Of bleeding, just kind of uncontrollably. She can't make it stop for twelve years, right? And the Bible makes it clear that she had exhausted all of sort of the financial remedies she could. She probably saw every doctor that she could. She tried everything. Like this is funny because I remember when I was in middle school, like I was middle school, high school. I just had like, I mean. I had really bad hormonal acne, and some of you guys can probably relate to this. It's just a part of growing up. It's a part of what happens when you become an adolescent, a teenager, whatever. But, you know, nobody wants to deal with having bad skin, especially at a time where you're, like, you're trying to... figure yourself out. You're not really confident. Um, so it was just a really bad experience. I remember it being for me and I did try everything under the sun, like everything that you found on YouTube, every remedy that you can find online. Um, like Leslie will tell you, cause she didn't really have like, her skin has always been pretty good, but you know, whenever I would find something I'd be like, Ooh, Leslie do it with me. So we would do all these crazy face masks. I mean, like baking soda, turmeric, um, toothpaste, like you name it. We tried everything. Um, and the frustration just kept kept going on and on and on. And so, you know, obviously something like your skin is, um, you know, that's not really like a huge deal because eventually I just kind of grew out of it. I never, ever, ever, ever in my life, I never went to a dermatologist, right? And part of that was just because I just... It's not that I didn't trust it, but I just, I'd heard so many like reviews of people who were like, oh, I had such and such. I went to a dermatologist and they couldn't help, right? And I, so I didn't want to. Uh, go there. I knew that that was going to be like my last resort, but but really, I just kind of like was like, eh, whatever. I was patient with myself. I was patient with my skin, and believe it or not, guys, I prayed about it a lot. I was like, Lord, my skin is so bad. <laughs> like I would I would like say prayers like that. But I had a really bad. Day. Like Lord, I pray because it's your face. It's what everybody sees, and I didn't like to wear makeup. I didn't like covering all up. Um, And that was just a couple of years, right, just as I was a teenager. And I know I've had conversations with some of you gals on this call about Beauty and image, and you know, sort of the things that you're like feeling now about whether or not you're beautiful. And um, one of the things that I tell you guys is is to wait, right? Is that like your body is changing? Your body is doing a lot of different things right now, um, and what you look like now is not what you're going to look like in ten years, or fifteen years, or twenty years. Um, so, anyways, uh, as, as you guys can see, I no longer really struggle with acne, um, and so it was one of those things where I just had to wait. Um, but I, I really shared that story to just connect it with the woman who was bleeding for 12 years. Um, she she had tried everything, and she probably would have, I mean, for her thing, it wasn't like she had to just sort of wait indefinitely and the bleeding would stop. Maybe it would have, but it doesn't seem like that was the case. She tried everything, nothing worked. Um, but she didn't give up hope because when the opportunity came for her to just touch Jesus, right, to, to find him, spot him amongst the crowd, really push her way through and touch him. That was the moment she became healed. And I know we've talked about that story and we've gone over, um, you know, what it is that we need to carry from that. But again, it just serves as a reminder to us that it doesn't matter how long you've been dealing with something. It doesn't matter what all you've tried. It doesn't matter what doctors or what anybody say. right? the minute you go to Christ, there's a solution, right? And I don't mean that perhaps it's going to be fixed instantly, like what happened to the woman with the issue of blood, but I just mean that he is the answer, right? And like, I, you know, is it silly that I would like pray prayers like, oh God, my skin, like, please, you know, please, like, yeah, that that might, might seem silly, but like God really loves us and he really cares about us. And, you know, even things like that, we can go to him with. And, you know, it's like, for me, it was a, it was a matter of time, but in that, the time when I was young and I was dealing with that, the reason why I wanted better skin was because I wanted it to fix my confidence. Right. And by going to Christ, my skin didn't immediately become better. But what I'm trying to get at, guys, is when I went to him, he became the solution. So irrespective of what I look like, whether I had zits all over my face or blackheads all over my face, the confidence came, right? Because Christ made it very clear to me that the source of my beauty, the for- source of my intelligence, the source of like my blessings and what I carry, it- it's not connected to any of those external things, Right. And so that's what happens when you go to Christ and you say even prayers like that is he begins to do the work from the inside out. And even that didn't happen overnight. I had to pray on it. I had to exercise faith and exercise patience. Um, But that's what the story of the woman with the issue of blood teaches us. Finally, the last story that I pulled out here from scripture is um, the story of Lazarus. Right. And this is probably one of the most significant ones, because, um, you know, the Bible makes it clear that Lazarus was a friend to Christ and he had died of an illness. And um, by the time Christ came back, um, his family had already been mourning because Lazarus was dead for four days. Um, And for his family, that was it. Right. That's it. When somebody's dead, they're dead. Like there is no coming back from that. But but Jesus really exercised his power, like his His power when he spoke and he commanded Lazarus to rise from the dead, and Lazarus did. And it was such a miracle because, I mean, obviously that's not something that anybody could have done, any human being could have done, but I think it it speaks to a greater level of power that God really has. Um, And and what I want you guys to remember and carry with you is like nothing is really ever fatal, right? The, the, to me, and what I mean by fatal is like nothing is really ever done, right? Nothing is really ever over for you. As long as you have Christ, as long as you have God with you, like everything and anything can be resurrected. So you know, and I have a lot of friends who ended up dropping out of school, or I have a lot of friends who ended up having children at an early age, or a lot of friends who, you know, had a particular passion or a dream. And because of just all the situations in their life, they kind of gave up on those things. And for them, those things had died, right? It was over. There's no coming back. There's no resurrecting. There is, there, there's just no, there's no going back to try to to, to try to attain it again. Um, and that's a really dangerous mindset to have as a believer, um, as a person in general, because you miss out on a lot of different opportunities when you think that way. The only thing that's really fatal to you and really fatal to your life is if you don't have Christ. Because even if you have Christ, but you lose your physical life, you never really die, right? Because there is life, true life after death. So there's nothing really ever fatal or, or, or that ends when you have Christ, and that's why the objective is to like not only be in Christ but continue to pursue him, continue to build your faith, continue to fortify yourself in him. Because when you have Christ, literally anything can be resurrected. Somebody died, guys, like completely done, was in the grave. Christ just uttered those words, right? Commanding him to raise from the grave. And he did. And it was such a shock to everyone around him. But God can do the very same thing in your life. Christ can do the same thing in your life. Whatever it is you think, right, is over for you, right? Uh, Maybe you failed a test and you're like, F it, I'm done with school. Like whatever it is, like don't ever give it that don't ever give the devil or negativity that satisfaction of knowing that you gave up, right? Wait on the Lord and know that God can still resurrect. God can still fix. God can still heal. God can still renew. Um, and God has done that in my life numerous times. He's doing it in my life right now as we speak. And it takes a level of faith, right? Like believing, guys, but then it takes a level... of Patience, right? Um, and so all week it's really interesting because all week, and actually for the past couple of weeks, um I've been listening to um I think it's called Wait on the Lord by Maverick City and Elevation Worship. And it's like it's just one of those songs that like I was like, oh, this is a really great song. Like, but it it was like it was, it would, it would minister to me, right? And it was as if God was just reminding me and telling me that like you need to just wait, right? And in the waiting, understand and recognize that it doesn't mean that God isn't present. Like, you know, because sometimes in the wait, it seems like there's no activity. It seems like there's no action from God. It seems like there's no action, especially when you're at a place where you're like, what do I do? And the answers don't seem to be there, right? It's not because God has abandoned you. It's not because God has forgotten about you. It's because there is this waiting period and you have to figure out what it is about this period. What what is it about what's going on right now that I need to learn or I need to to hold. Sometimes it's just exercising that patience and exercising that faith, right? Sometimes it's just like letting yourself know that there is an answer or that God is gonna come through for me. And what I need to do is I need to be patient and I need to be and I need to wait. Right. It's really hard. And how many times I think we can all testify when we were waiting on something, we got a little impatient. So we acted on it. And then in the end, like God made it all work out. And we we're like, dang, I really like, dang, God really came through and he did this for me. I should have like, I should have been more optimistic. Or I should have been more um, faithful. Right. I should have been because if I had only waited or if I had only exercised a little bit more faith, right. Um I would have gotten to where I am today, um and that's what I want you guys to remember is that it's not gonna be easy um in fact it it kind of sucks right um because again, it does feel like you're alone, it feels like you're by yourself, but there is a purpose in it, right, like I said earlier, like it does a lot of things to your character. Um, in some in some situations, it pulls you back from, like, what everybody else is doing, what society says is right, um, and it kind of forces you into this place where it's just you and God, and you're sort of in this expectation, right, um, of, of God sort of delivering and giving you the answers to your prayers. Um, and I think the other really important thing to add to this, guys, is that You're not waiting and then going out and just kind of being reckless. You're not waiting. And then like not talking to God, not reading your Bible, not praying. You're not, you're not just doing that. Cause at that point what's happened is you've asked God for something and then you've now disconnected yourself from him. So inadvertently, You've removed him from the process, right? Keeping him in that process of waiting requires you to be obedient. It requires you to listen to God and hear from him. It requires you to be holy. Like, that's another really big thing. Like, we want God to be really involved in this process. We know that God doesn't move or operate where there's sin. And so you've got to really make sure that you are living right, guys. And the the more you do it, the easier it becomes, right? Because it's like a muscle that you're exercising regularly and daily. Um, and so you want to make sure that you're always in right standing with God. Um, and even when you're not really sure, I know some of you guys are preparing to go to college. There's going to be a lot of confusion about, okay, what is right? You know, should I not? Should I or should I not make friends with this person? Should I do this or should I uh, do that? Um, and I just want to remind you that the Bible tells, that, tells us that in all our doings, right, we do it for the glory of God. And so sometimes that becomes the standard that I use in my own life. When I'm about to do something, I'm like, all right, does this give glory to God? How does it give glory to God? And if there's no answer I can find for that, I'm like, mm, this is probably not something like, I should do. Down to even the things that I wear. Sometimes I'm like, mm, does what I wear like glorify God? And if the answer is no, I'm like, bro, I have no business wearing this sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so that's, that's, that's a thing that you can... Um, used to help you sort of figure out whether or not you're, you're keeping yourself in alignment or in good standing with God. And just so you guys know, I think that's found in 1 Corinthians 10.31 is that scripture. Um so all in all guys I just want you guys to be reminded of that I want you guys to keep up the faith and I want you guys to know that God really loves you like he really loves you and he does everything for a reason and for purpose even in that waiting there's a reason why the woman bled for 12 years right it's the significance of that story right because it wouldn't have the same effect if a she was uh, it wouldn't have the same effect if she was still noted in the Bible, but the Bible said she only bled for two weeks, right? I think it's it's trying to make a statement here that you can be somebody who has really suffered your entire life, and the minute you really go to Christ and you're serious about him, everything can change. Same sort of thing with Lazarus. There is nothing more final than death. And if God can resurrect even Lazarus, then he can do the same with you and anything in your situation. So I um, hope you guys are encouraged and I hope you guys keep that like like on your heart and you're reminded of that. And, um, you know, as always, if you guys have any questions or any struggles or you need prayers, myself, Patricia, Kevin, Uncle Ben, or excuse me, (laughs) Uncle Albert um, and Bishop are always available um, to just help you guys and pray through those sort of things. Um, Because when you've got um, sort of a collection of believers that you can pray with and keep each other accountable, um, sometimes that also helps you get through that waiting process. Um, So I hope you guys um, were blessed by that. And, um, you know, I just want to close out in prayer um, and then we'll wrap up for today. Father, we thank you so much for the word that came. We thank you, Lord, um, that you have given us so many examples, um, both in scripture and in our own lives, about how important it is to wait on you, how important it is to have faith in you. Um, and what happens with God in that process. We pray that you will just help us, O Lord, to keep this in our hearts and in our minds, even as we go through the different challenges, the highs and lows of life, O Lord, that we will keep you at the forefront and the center, O God, of our lives and in our walk with you, O Lord, as we embark on the summer, as we embark on college, as we embark in new jobs, just all these experiences, God, that happen in our lives. Please, 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 Help us to get through it with you by our side, Lord. We love you and we thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen, guys. Well, let's go ahead and just share the grace, I guess. May the grace... Everybody unmute her. yourself. Jesus Christ. Uh-huh.